Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Master Instructor Roundtable. Marty Miller, Regional Master Instructor for NASM, here with fellow Regional Master Instructor and dear friend, Miss Wendy Batts. Wendy, how's it going today? It's going great. How are you? Excited, as always. I think we're going to have a great, um, you know, bias, of course, but I think we're <laughs> going to have a great Master Instructor Roundtable, and I think we're going to, you know, really clear up some questions people have been having. Well, and me being one of them, because I know some of the questions that we're going to ask were questions that I had in the very beginning. And until someone actually took the time to explain it to me, then you know what? We're, we're spreading the word and we have the perfect person to help clear up the questions. And Marty, do you want to talk about the questions that we're talking about? Yes. So today <laughs> we're going to have a very special guest. We're going to talk with a good friend of ours, but we're going to talk about the difference between the CNC, the Certified Nutrition Coach that came out but also the certified sports nutrition coach, because they're going to be, you know, there's going to be a little bit of overlap, but they're created for a very specific reason. So I guess when, even though further ado, maybe we should bring in Brian Sutton to our round table. And Brian is the NASM senior content development and production manager. And he spent a ton of time getting these courses to where they are. So Brian, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate being here. And this is fun. So this would be a great talk. Yeah. We're going to make it fun. You have no choice. Uh, yes. Uh, we just started. So you just wait until we start hammering you with questions uh, and we'll see. We'll ask you at the end if you thought it was, if you had a good time. <laughs> I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the, the question, Brian, that kind of triggered this is, you know, there, you know, we've got two amazing nutrition courses, but it's really just kind of confusing. Like what's the difference between them both? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it really just depends on the person's perspective and what they want to learn. Uh, I like to use an analogy. Uh, we have two very successful programs at NASM, the CPT, Certified Personal Trainer, and the PES, or the Performance Enhancement Specialist. They both teach exercise, right? And all the components of, of exercise science, but for two different audiences, CPTs, for your general personal training clients, usually those who want to, maybe they want to lose a little bit of weight, they want to get healthy, um, you know, perform activities of daily living um, more efficiently. But then we also have the PES, which is specific for training athletes. And they have unique goals, unique needs um, that they're working towards. Very similar with, with these two programs, CNC and CSNC. So CNC is a nutrition program dedicated to more so the general public. Um, individuals looking to improve their overall wellness. Maybe they want to reduce some blood, you know, their blood pressure and cholesterol. Um, maybe they want to lose a little bit of weight. Um, and, and they have lots of questions about how to go about eating and developing healthy nutrition habits. So that's CNC. CSNC or the Certified Sports Nutrition Coach is geared 100% towards athletics because athletes have unique nutrition um, requirements that are different from the general population. And it goes really in depth on the different types of athletes because even within athletics, there's lots of different uh, categories, right? You have endurance biased athletes, like maybe someone who runs marathons or does triathlons to someone who's completely anaerobic, like maybe someone who performs in the shot put and then anywhere in between, like maybe a soccer player or a basketball player. And so CSNC is, get, is dedicated 
towards those individual athletes and how to best fuel them for whatever sport that they engage in. Great explanation. I, I think that that is a great way to start because, you know, you've given both Wendy and myself a, a very good clear base to, you know, be able to anchor to and then go from there. So we know this question is going to come up and which, which course is harder? Uh, great question. Uh, I tend to think CSNC is harder, um, but it really depends on the, the person's individual background and how much knowledge they're bringing into each program. And I say it, it's harder because in sports, we really have to understand metabolism and the energy systems required for sport. Um, and so in CSNC, we go into great detail about the energy systems and metabolism, because without a firm foundation and understanding the science of metabolism, it's really hard to then program nutrition for athletes. And remember, athletes are on a broad spectrum from aerobic athletes to anaerobic athletes and, and, and anywhere in between. So if I were to give my opinion, I would say CSNC because it goes into that in a little bit more detail. Doesn't mean CNC is easy, um, but it does provide a lot of breadth and depth regarding nutrition. Both courses talk about nutrition sciences, right? That's uh, the upfront of, of, of both courses will begin with nutrition science. So you learn about all the macronutrients, so carbs, fats, proteins. Each course talks about alcohol, um, micronutrients, and metabolism, th those sorts of things, hydration. But uh, the sports nutrition coach definitely elevates it up a notch because we have to get really down into the nitty gritty on, on what are the energy systems used in sport. Hmm. That's Thank awesome. you for that. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yes. And those of you guys that are joining Marty Miller and I on the Master Instructor Roundtable this week, we have special guest Brian Sutton talking to us about the differences between the certified nutrition coach versus the certified sports nutrition coach um, and the different uh, the differences in the courses. And so, of course, he kind of gave a wonderful explanation in, in my view of, of kind of like CPT, CNC and PES and the CSNC. Um, but Brian, you know, when, when you were talking about it, it kind of depends on the population that you work with. If I think about myself, I work with, you know, elite athletes, but then I also work with, you know, some CEOs and, and I work with children and, and different sports. And so if someone like myself, do you recommend I take them both? Or is there one that I can actually take instead of the other and get like, have benefits of, you know, kind of get the benefits of both or what would you suggest? Um, yeah, well, obviously, if you have the the time and the bandwidth to take both, I mean, that would be great if you're serving both populations, because um, your your professional athlete will have different needs than the C CEO of a company, right? Um, I like to think of it this way: CNC provides a really good foundation, um, and it it goes into in depth in areas that CSNC doesn't, and vice versa. They have different emphasis. So for example, in CNC, we talk a lot about behavioral coaching, how to develop good nutrition habits, how to navigate the real world. Like, what do I do when I go to restaurants? Um, how do I organize my pantry and refrigerator? How do I go grocery shopping and you know, work the perimeter and try to stay out of a lot of the center aisles where all the box 
processed foods are. So it gives a lot of real life examples on navigating the real world, which is really important for the general public to understand you know, you know, what are good or not good, but better nutritional choices than, than others. I don't like labeling food as good or bad. Um, so Oreos but, are good? What, I love Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Double step all the there. way. Double step. As long as I get a glass of milk with it. I'm I don't need them, so that's why I'm asking. you got to help me out. I've heard all kinds of stuff. Uh, oh, Marty, you've got to work on that, son. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Brian, you were, go, go ahead. <laughs> you brought it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and, and you know what, just, just for clarity, we don't label food choices and stuff like that as good or bad in the courses anyway. We, we, we try to stay away from that sort of mindset, right? Because um, I don't think that's helpful for people. But yeah, CNC really provides that foundation. How do you read food labels? How do you navigate the real world? Um, it dispels a lot of common nutrition myths, you know, is gluten-free a better diet than non-gluten or, or a diet that includes gluten? You know, what about GMOs? What about artificial sweeteners? And so it really takes a, a, a real world holistic approach to nutrition, but with CNC or CSNC, it's more specific for the athlete, um, particularly fueling strategies before competition, during competition, and after competition. Um, and it goes into different things. So we may not talk about how to go grocery shopping, but we'll talk about what are some nutrition strategies supporting the ill or injured athlete, for example, that's specific to CSNC. Uh, so they each have their own unique perspectives. Uh, obviously, someone who takes them both is going to get a, a broader sense of nutrition and how it applies to both different populations. But if someone was brand new, who's never taken a nutrition course, I'd probably start with CNC first. Um, you'll have a, a greater reach to the majority of the population and gain, gain that foundation on how to coach healthy nutrition habits, um, navigating the real world. And then when you really want to specialize into working with athletes, then you could probably go over to the CSNC and, and take that course. Awesome. You know, Brian, because you compared it with the model at first, you know, I'm going to kind of work off that analogy. Wendy and I, you know, we talk about the model a lot. We talk about how the model is an inclusive model, which is the CES to the PES. But yes, mm -hmm. you're going to start by carving out that middle section. But even elite athletes are still going to spend time in that elite section. So since you kind of went that way, my mind was thinking is if somebody's truly wants to really be involved from a nutritional standpoint is and when we talk about athletes, it doesn't have to be professional athletes. You could have a CEO who finds the time to still run half marathons or do high intensity training and all that. So, but, you know, maybe his family might need the general nutrition, but you may have somebody that is going to carve out and take that next level of, you know, recreational athlete. So to me, it sounds like if you really truly, you know, want to spend some time and become more of an expert in it, they will stack up very nicely. They do. They complement each other really well. Uh, and, and you bring up a great point, right? It doesn't have to be a collegiate or professional athlete. It could be a, you know, maybe it's a fitness enthusiast, but they have a goal of running their first marathon or 5K or whatever their goal may be. And so you can use a lot of the CNC um, methods 
for their general day-to-day -day life, but then you can sprinkle in some CSNC methods leading up to their competition and post-competition to really make sure that they have the fuel that they need to perform well for the competition itself. Um, and that's where the differences lie. Great. Interesting. So Brian, this is going to, you know, this is a, another question that I've received. And then I know that you and I have actually had discussions about this, but what about the scope of practice? You know, mm. can you kind of talk us through the differences? Is there a difference in scope of one, the CNC versus the CSNC or just, just in general? Uh, typically no. So the scope of practice is relatively the same. It's just the application of the principles that are going to be different. So for example, um, only a registered dietitian or a licensed healthcare professional can treat an eating disorder or diagnose an eating disorder. Neither a CNC or a CSNC can do that. Um, prescribing nutrition counseling to treat a disease. So let's say someone's a type two diabetic and you're going to um, prescribe specific meal plans or anything like that to treat a disease, that's also out of scope for both programs. Um, but there's so many things that a nutrition coach or a sports nutrition coach can do to improve somebody's quality of life. It may not be saying, okay, for breakfast, you have to eat two eggs, a piece of white toast and have orange juice. I'm, I'm making it up and then prescribe them exactly what to eat for lunch and exactly what to eat for dinner. That's out of scope. But what we can do with either program is provide nutritional guidelines um, and education around what optimal fueling strategies would look like. So instead of saying you need to eat two eggs, you say, make sure you have a solid, complete protein source. Um, sprinkle in some complex carbohydrates, um, make sure that you drink, a, you know, plenty of water and you, you can give the, the guidelines rather than the specific meals. Um, so scope of practice isn't different. It's just really how you apply what you can do based on the client or athlete you're working with. Excellent. Thanks for clarifying that because that comes up every time. So for those of you that are just joining us, we have a great special guest this week. It's Brian Sutton, NASM Senior Content Development and Production Manager. And we are talking the difference between the CNC, the Certified Nutrition Coach, and the more newly released Certified Sport Nutrition course. So great information so far. So to continue kind of with the scope of practice, Brian, maybe go down a little bit deeper is can you tell us the difference between like your RD, RDNs and a CNC? Because I know that kind of sometimes gets people confused with scope of practice. Yeah, that's it, a great point. Um, so uh, a registered dietitian or a registered dietitian nutritionist, RD or RDN, those are individuals that went to school particularly and got a degree in dietetics or, or nutrition, right? So it's a four-year program. Then they complete a dietetic internship, which is several hundreds of hours. Um, and then they complete a national exam. And so once you do all that, then they get um, certified as a dietitian or licensed as a dietitian. And they can then work in many different fields, whether it's in hospitals, um, fitness centers, uh, private practice. There's lots of different avenues for a registrar registered dietitian to work, but it's, it takes a lot of schooling, right? Minimum of a bachelor's degree. A lot of RDs have at least a master's degree. They complete 
the internship, and then of course take a credentialing exam. Um, for CNC or CSNC, it's completing the program through NASM. So it's an online program. The duration is really up to you because uh, it's self-paced on average, probably anywhere from eight to 12 weeks. Uh, but if someone's really knowledgeable in nutrition, they could definitely finish it sooner. And then it's passing the final exam, which requires a 70% uh, a or better. And the individual gets three tries to pass the test. So as long as an individual passed the final exam for either program, then they are certified. You also brought up the CSSD, which is a specialist in sports dietetics. Um, what those individuals are, they're already registered dietitians, and now they completed additional coursework in sports dietetics, and they had to been working in the profession of providing sports counseling, what is it, uh, 2,000 hours of it before they can get the CSSD credential. So um, basically anyone who has a CSSD is a registered dietitian that went through additional training to become um, qualified in sports dietetics. So that's Excellent. the difference. Thank you. Mm -hmm. There you have it. <laughs> you know that just rolls off your tongue it's like oh, you know man what? right oh so so you know brian i think just more a little more clarity and i know that that you're the person to do this but you know i know that there's still some confusion and and i think this is going to be the same for both courses that are taking i mean can we as if we go through this course or either courses can we write meal plans is that like is, is that what we're able to do with this course or do we still need to say, nope, we're just suggesting. So can you kind of help through, like help me through that? Yeah, so so meal plans are a no-go. That's beyond the scope of practice. Only registered dietitians, certified diabetes educators, uh, medical doctors, those individuals working in the healthcare field can write specific meal plans. Um, because so many individuals come in with unique circumstances or pre-existing conditions. So it takes a lot of schooling to write a specific meal plan. Like I was talking before, this is what you're gonna eat for breakfast. This is what you're gonna eat for lunch. This is what you're gonna eat for dinner. Here are the snacks that I approve. So that sort of scope is beyond. But in reality, that's not as much of a common practice as it used to be. Because think about it, if I prescribe somebody you got to eat chicken and broccoli for dinner but then I go to my refrigerator and I'm out of chicken but I happen to have turkey well it's not on my meal plan so now my meal plan is, is is messed up and so maybe I don't even follow the meal plan that day so even registered dietitians a lot of them don't go down the route of prescribing specific meal plans instead they give them uh, guidance on what a healthy meal looks like. And it's like, okay, I want you to eat X amount of protein, X amount of carbohydrates, and let's choose uh, more complex carbohydrates versus the simple carbs. Let's make sure we get some healthy fats in there. And here are some examples of the types of foods that um, would be beneficial. Well, those are the same things that a CNC and a CSNC can do. So instead of just saying, you have to eat these foods at these times and these amounts, which is beyond scope, can say, I, you know, here's 
some really solid guidelines that I want you to follow. Here's what good portion sizes look like. Here's what healthy options look like. And then you can mix and match throughout the week to reach your goals. So no, no meal plans, but honestly, in practical sense, that's not even as popular as it once was. Gotcha. Well, Brian, thank you for that. So somebody here listening, Abel, it has a good question, kind of right in line with what we're saying here. So let me ask this on, on their behalf. If the person knows what foods they want to use, can we help with building a meal plan? And I'm just going to say, if Wendy wants Oreos, is that part of it? I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, you know, sprinkling some Oreos every now and again, right? I, I mean, right? I don't deprive myself, just so you know. <laughs> if I want an Oreo and I don't eat it, that's all I think about. And so I'll eat one and then do something there you to go. offset it later. Just right. so you know, I don't say no if I really want it. No, no reason to, right? It's all about portion control and, and managing your food. I just don't bring it in the house, so then I can't get it. I have a five-year-old. I don't have a choice. <laughs> I, I, know. I, I got two kiddos. Um, one's a teenager. One's almost a teenager. And so I get it, right? We, I, I, we have those snack foods, but we, we, we limit how much we do it. And this is actually a good tip for clients, too. Like, for example, maybe there's a box of goldfish. Um, well, instead of just taking the whole box and sitting in front of the TV and eat and mindlessly eat, maybe you portion out a little bit in a smaller container and then you put the box away. Those are, those are little strategies we can do for our clients. Um, if a client does tell you like, Hey, here are the foods that I prefer instead of designing a specific meal plan saying, okay, based on these foods, here's what you can eat for breakfast. Here's what you can eat for lunch. And here's what you can eat for dinner to say, okay, let's use these foods. Here are some healthy portion sizes that reflect your calorie needs and your macronutrient needs and go from there rather than saying, here's what you have to have for breakfast and no other foods will, will suffice. You have to have these foods. We don't do that, but you can say, you know what? Here's what a healthy breakfast does look like. And here's uh, a whole list of options you can choose from. And then as long as they got their calories dialed in, they're getting enough protein, carbs, and fats from healthy food sources so they get enough vitamins and minerals and fiber, then you're good to go. But don't prescribe them what they have to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's beyond scope. Great. Thank you. And uh, Abel said thank you as well. Um, so there's another question that came up, Brian. So I'm going to go ahead and read this one before I can, I selfishly ask my own, but um, how do we charge a client in reference to CNC? Are we charging them for information? It really depends on your, your, your business model on what you want to do. There's no hard and fast rules on how much to charge and what to charge for. Um, if you think about what a nutrition coach does, they're providing education, they're providing guidance, they're providing motivation um, to help the client reach their goals. Because we, it's really hard to out-exercise a bad diet. And we all know that, right? Diet is really important, not just for fitness, but for overall health. So um, you can charge for a multiple multitude of things. Um, it could be where you're charging for the education you're providing them, but also for that empathy and that motivational factor. So it could be maybe you're meeting with your client once a week and they're talking to you about what they ate, 
Um, and then you can provide guidance on how they could potentially improve. Maybe their portion sizes were a little bit too much. Maybe they were snacking a little bit too much when they were actually weren't hungry. Uh, and so you can design your business model however you best see fit, but it's, it's typically for you perform the nutritional assessment, get a, a really firm grasp of what, how they're eating now. Right. And that could be in the form of lots of different tools, like a 24 hour recall or a, a food log, a food journal to even just asking open ended questions like tell me about your typical diet and what you eat day to day, what types of foods you like, what type of foods you avoid. Uh, but once you finish a nutritional assessment and both courses teach how to perform a nutritional assessment, then you provide guidelines on how to eat, how to improve their eating, and then also how to build habits. And so um, designing effective goals for the person where, you know, and those would be both outcome-based goals, like I'm going to lose X amount of pounds in a certain amount of week to reach my, my fitness goal, or it could be pro and process goals. So in order to lose, let's say I got to lose 20 pounds, I'm going to eat you know, a certain amount of calories and here's my macronutrient distribution based on that to reach my goals. So perform the assessment, do some goal setting with the client, do weekly check-ins with the client to, and motivate them, communicate, show that empathy that you're there for them. That's really what you're charging for when you're um, a nutrition coach. Awesome. When do you want to go with your follow-up? Because, you know, I'm curious to see what this is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I think, I think it's important too, when we're talking about sessions, Brian, you, you know, I know for myself, it's not really a, a follow-up, but I just wanted to say when I'm working with somebody, you know, I do have my CNC, I'm in the process of looking to do my CSNC, just so you guys know, but, you know, I think when we start talking with, with clients and they really do want that nutritional advice, what I often do is I will say, you know what, on this Monday, you know, whatever week it's in, we're going to spend 30 minutes talking specifically, going over your food log, going over all of this information, find out what's working, what's not working, make adjustments, look at your grocery list. And, uh -huh. and, and then at that point, we spend the other 30 minutes going through the actual, it's just a condensed workout for the day. So it may be more high intensity if we have a weight loss client or whatever the case may be. So like you said, Brian, just that's a way where I do it on an integration because my hour is my hour. And so I don't charge separately for that advice. It is information, but yet it's still my time. And so just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. And, and you bring up a great point. Um, everybody does it a little bit differently. So if I'm already a personal trainer and I'm uh, charging for training sessions, you know, some people just choose not to have additional charges for um, sprinkling in some nutrition advice during the session, or maybe during the cool down, they talk about nutrition while, while their client is, is foam rolling and stretching and cooling down. You can do it that way, that's fine or you can charge and have additional sessions with the client where you maybe you spend a whole hour talking about nutrition mm -hmm. and then you have follow-up appointments with the client to talk about how their nutrition is going and motiv motivating them to get back on track. So it's, it's really up to the individual professional and how they want to structure their business. Feel free to have separate sessions and charge for nutrition coaching. Or if you if that doesn't feel comfortable for you and 
It's just more informal conversations during the training session where you guys talk a little bit about nutrition here and there. That's fine too. It's really up to you and your own business plan and uh, the needs of your client. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. So again, for anyone that's just joining us, we are going over everything CNC, our certified nutrition coach, as well as our newly released CSNC, certified sport nutrition coach with our content or senior content development production manager, Brian Sutton. So, so far, so good, Brian. We're getting through a lot of stuff. Um, A question though, that comes up frequently is, can you give us an idea of the length of the courses from chapters and things like that, just so people kind of know no pun intended, what they're going to jump in and chew on here for a while. when they. Take the <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, they're both um, uh, lengthy courses, and that's just because there's just so much to talk about. Sports Nutrition, the CSNC is 20 chapters, and the CNC is 24 chapters. So they're comparable in length, um, even though CNC has more chapters. Uh, Some of the chapters in CSNC can be lengthy because we have to go into such detail. Um, We have uh, a study planner in both courses, like a recommended study study planner. And if if someone gets through um, the course, maybe they do a chapter or two a week, then eight to 12 weeks, they, they should be done. But again, it really just depends on the individual on how quickly they study how often they study and what sort of background they're they're bringing into it. But 20 chapters for CSNC, 24 chapters for CNC. And some of the chapters have a little bit of overlap, um, but the majority of the courses are completely different. Uh, of course, like if I'm talking about protein, right? There are essential amino acids, non-essential amino acids, and conditional amino acids. So we have to talk about that in both courses. But how you apply nutrition programming for an athlete versus someone who's just looking to improve their health is going to be much different. So the lens, even in the protein chapters or the carbohydrate chapter, is going to be much different. But the basic science, some of that will overlap. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So Brian, we actually had a follow-up question. So I want to go ahead and throw this is someone from our audience. And they were saying that that your answers so far have been very helpful. Um, So they said, thank you. But they also forgot to ask, what is a typical rate for for each client? And I'm thinking if you're just providing the nutritional information, like, do you have an idea on what to charge? Um, (laughs) I not really, It, it really depends on so many factors. Where are you um, is one big factor. Are you in a big city? Are you somewhere that's a little bit more rural? Um, What's the competition around you? Are there other personal trainers providing this service? So that's one of the things I do recommend is check out the competition in your area to figure out what those rates are. So then you can price your services somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, it's a lot like personal training. I know personal trainers that charge $40 a session. I know personal trainers that charge well over $100 per session. And it, one, it depends on right your expertise, um, your, your marketing efforts, how, how much you value your services, and then what is the competition around you. So I, nutrition coaching is no different. Um, and you'll probably find a wide range of pricing just depending on where you're at. It's, 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 it's the wild, wild west, basically, when it comes to that. And you just have to figure out what's best for you, 
your education status, your comfort level, and, and, and your location. Awesome. So Brian, jumping into this course, does someone have to be a certified personal trainer beforehand or degree in nutrition? Like what's the, what's the order that it has to go or is there an order? No, they don't. Um, someone can come in with very little nutrition knowledge and succeed in either program. Uh, the courses are scaffolded and that's a kind of, it's an educational term. Basically we'll start with the premise and we'll build on that premise. Um, so we don't, we'll start at A and we'll work our way through to Z. Um, so if someone's not very familiar with say the biochemistry of protein, that's okay. You know, we'll, we'll take it in baby steps so someone can understand what it is and what protein does. Um, so no, you don't need a degree in nutrition. You don't need to be a certified personal trainer to take either course as well. Obviously, if someone does have a degree or is a, a personal trainer, they've been exposed to some more formal nutrition content, which will only serve that person as they jump into either course, but it, it's certainly not needed. Um, and any person who goes through the course, just, just take it at your own pace. I do recommend going through the, the, each program linearly, meaning start with chapter one and, and go through the chapters as they are in, in, the, in the program. You know, don't skip around because a lot of the front end chapters, that information is needed to understand what's going on in the back end chapters when it comes to programming. But really having that foundational science under you and understanding that before we get to programming is going to be really important. Uh, and again, it's, it's self-paced. Anyone can do it. There are no prereqs. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and, and Brian, I, I'm really excited when I saw some of the authors, but can you kind of tell us a little bit about who contributed to the courses? Do we have the same writers? Are they different? And then one other question that did come in that I'll ask kind of where you can put it in bulk is, is there going to be a book with this or is this going to be purely like online, like some of our other courses? Yep. Uh, so the list of authors is, is pretty long, so there's no way I could name all of them <laughs> off the top of my head. Alphabetical uh, order, Brian, come on. <laughs> uh, for C and C, I think we had around 20 authors for it. Um, and their specialties really range in a lot of different areas. So obviously we had registered dietitians, lots of PhDs that specialize in particular nutrition topics, um, you know, an expert, we had one person, he's the, like the leading expert in hydration. So we had him author the hydration chapter. Uh, we had another researcher who specializes in talking about alcohol and how that affects performance. So we had him write the alcohol chapter in CNC. Um, so in CNC, yeah, lots of different authors um, that we gathered. Um, to write this. We had authors that specialized in psychology and behavior change. And so they helped with that sort of content, other authors that specialized in supplementation. And so they were a mix of people that we all just gathered together um, to work with. Now, CSNC was a little different. We actually partnered with a group out in the UK called the Institute of Performance Nutrition or IOPN. And they offer graduate level sports nutrition diplomas out in the UK. Um, and so we worked with that team to write CSNC. 
and great group of guys. Um, it was fun, you know, listening to someone with an, with an English or Scottish accent for the nine months as we're going through the program. Um, but their whole specialty is sports nutrition, the IOPN group. And so they had a, a, a group of people that, they, that we worked with that authored particular chapters. And one thing to note, not only did we work with the authors, but we also recruited peer reviewers because all of our content is always evidence-based. So even though, let's say one PhD wrote a chapter about protein, we would have another expert, another PhD, somebody who also specializes in that topic, peer review it. And then it would, of course, it would get peer reviewed by myself and the internal NASM team before it gets copy edited and, and put together in the course. So it went through several layers of peer review before the content was finalized. And that's true for both programs. Um, but yeah, we, we gathered the best and brightest um, from multiple walks of life to help us teach this content. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. So mm -hmm. another question that comes up all the time, let us know about the CEUs. How many do we get or how many does people get for each course? Yep. It's the same. It's 1.9 CEUs. Um, and that's because that's the maximum we can uh, provide is 1.9. So a lot of our big courses, so uh, CNC, CSNC, PES, CES, they're all worth 1.9. And that's because it only requires 2.0 CEUs to recertify. And that last point one will always come from renewing your CPR AED certification. So they're both worth 1.9. So if you take either course, you have enough CEUs to recertify your CPT or GFI um, certification. Awesome. Thanks. So I have a piggyback question. Well, well, I actually have a statement like, well, question. I don't know. Well, there's a way I could word this. I'm going to just ask the question. Video wise, did you get the UP, you know, the UK guys to, to record any of that or, is, or not so much? Because the accent really <laughs> does. In my world, it keeps me more, you know, engaged. So yep. just just as a yep. female, I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I got you, Wendy. I, I, I got you. Um, That's why I love you, Brian. <laughs> thank you. Um, no, we didn't. We didn't have the authors actually record video. They're not. They're, um, we have paid actors um, to do the lecture videos for us. Uh, the authors did help review the scripts. So all the scripts and the videos are based on the content that's in the course. Um, but no, we had paid actors. We go through a pretty extensive video production process, um, hiring the actors, hiring the videographer, um, getting the soundstage all set up. We do elaborate sets. Um, for CSNC, like for example, we built a set that mimicked an athletic training room, a gym, and an exercise physiology lab. So we had these really cool sets that we designed um, and they look great just to provide a little bit more entertainment to the lecture videos, but they're all, they're paid actors that, uh, and I'm on set with them all day, helping them through the script. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then one more question, Marty, and I, I know yeah. you probably also have one as well, but, but it, just to follow up on the CEU question, um, Brian, I know there's been some confusion, so just to clarify, if I have my CNC, so I know that I need to get recertified, and then I also have my CSNC, can my continuing education 
go for both or do I have to have like so many units for each thing that I have with an ASM because it is a certification? Uh, so if I'm understanding, let's say someone has a CPT and they take the CSNC, then that's all they need to recertify. Or if they just take the CNC, they have the CPT and then they take the CNC, then that's it. Um, if they take them both, this is just the way continuing education works. In the same reporting period, you can't double up. So, and that's true of any uh, continuing education course. Mm -hmm. um, so if, I, if I'm already CPT certified and I take both nutrition courses, yeah, I have enough CEUs to recertify for the next two years, but I don't have enough CEUs to recertify for the next four years. If that makes okay. sense. Did I answer yeah. that question right? Yes. Yeah, so if I have my CPT and then I take my CNC, I don't need to get 0.9 for CPT and then 0.9 for CNC no. to continue, right? It'll just no. be one and it's all inclusive. Yep. Okay. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Great follow-up question, of course, Wendy. That is something that I know we get asked a lot. Mm -hmm. So Brian, we got through all the comments so far from all of our amazing NASM family that are joining us today. And I think you, or I know that you really kind of laid this out very clearly. It's, it's much more clear in my mind. I'm like, Wendy, I've done the CNC and the CSNC is definitely on my radar. So I can't thank you enough for your time and attention. So Brian, do you have any kind of last words of wisdom before we start <laughs> to, you know, give you your, your final, your final yeah. shot here? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I think I'll just go back to if someone's having a hard time choosing between the two different programs, it really just comes back to preference and who do you want to work with and what do you want to learn? Uh, because they're both great programs with different emphasis. So if I really want to dig deep into developing nutrition habits for improved health, wellness, longevity, um, maybe help my clients shed a couple excess pounds so they can play with their grandkids, um, live a happier, healthier life. You wanted to dive into topics like, you know, navigating different diets, learning the difference between keto and paleo and Mediterranean and DASH, um, how, to, how to organize your pantry and your refrigerator, um, how to develop goals for overall health, CNC all the way. That's perfect. If you're someone who's really wants and gets geeked up about sports performance and athletics, and you want to help athletes at all different levels, um, whether it's triathletes or soccer players or someone in like American football linemen, you know, because there's such a broad spectrum of athletics, and you really want to dive into that and understanding how to feel for the work required, right? What are the, how, you know, what's the role of carbohydrates for athletic performance? How does protein impact uh, muscle recovery? Um, what are the hydration strategies, you know, before, during, and after an athletic competition? CSNC is the way to go. So it really just depends on your preference and what you want to learn about, but they're both wonderful courses. It's just health and wellness or sports performance. And Make your decision based on that more than anything. And I think you'll have more fun going through the course if it's something you want to learn about. Awesome. Awesome. And the one other key takeaway, I've learned that Wendy's got good control to only eat one Oreo. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? But <laughs> I'll say this. I, I tear it apart. I eat the top and then I take the middle out. I save that and then I eat the bottom, dip those in milk, and then I have the cream 
by itself as like maybe that's the secret to just eating one you you know you i have to yes i don't i don't do it all together wow you're way more disciplined than i (laughs) (laughs) brian if you ever do a reboot or you you throw something you've got an expert on that type of control that could go into either course i think so i appreciate it wendy yeah we're gonna have we'll we'll add some additional content about how to eat Oreos. When it comes yeah, to desserts, like I try any way I can to eat what I want, but be, you know, but be smart about it. So there you go. Um, I'm a chocolate guy. So there's my thing. So we're yeah. good. So Wendy and Brian, I think this was awesome. So thank uh, Brian for joining us. I know Wendy and I really appreciate your time and attention to this important topic. And for all of you that are joining us today, I think hopefully now you've got a very clear understanding of these two amazing products. And now you can go out and decide what's best for you. So Wendy and Brian, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And we look forward to seeing all of you again next week. Take care.